Welcome to the Greener Way podcast, a show about people, planet, and purpose, and how investors and corporate leaders push forward in a complex world. Let's get straight into it. Um, RIA's annual conference is always an amazing array of topics that educate, inform, and inspire. Um, what are the big topics on discussion this year? Oh, what aren't we discussing this year, Rachel? Um, uh, maybe kind of break it down into three kind of themes that will run through the conference, although we do have a lot more. And the first one I would highlight, you know, at the moment, we're really in a new era of responsible investment, I would say, you know, both in Australia and globally. You know, we've been thrust into the spotlight of governments, of regulators and so on. It's becoming kind of lots of compliance issues. And so the industry itself really needs to professionalise and and pull its socks up really. And and so I think you can't really afford not to be paying attention now. Um, And so I'll highlight now sort of policy issues. Uh, We've got stewardship and corporate engagement and also a big First Nations theme. Uh, So on on policy, we're seeing standards at the moment being embedded in the expectations of regulators. And RIA, as you know, we've been at the forefront of this for the past 20 years, and these standards are really being hardwired into the expectations of regulators. Um, and, and we're really changing finance, aren't we, for, for, for that. And so greenwashing, as you know, is a massive focus. We'll be talking a lot about that. We've got the deputy chair of ASIC, one of the commissioners um, who's been leading ASIC's greenwashing and disclosure work. And so she'll help us understand the direction of ASIC at the moment um, and also understand how to kind of reduce the risk of being accused of, of greenwashing, which is something that everyone really needs to be paying attention to. Uh, we've also got um, APRA, the Australian Prudential Regulatory Authority, speaking at our conference, um, talking about with different parts of the industry, um, as well as international um, international experts about what's kind of leading practice in this area. Um, and another policy issue, of course, is product labelling. Um, and I think you're going to be involved in one of those sessions, Rachel, will be talking about. I sure am. Really looking forward to, to having you there. We'll, we'll be talking about, um, you know, the fact that Australia currently lacks a classification system for sustainable funds. Um, and as you know, we've been trying to articulate this through our certification program. And mm-hmm. we're working at the moment, in fact, on an international project on product labelling with the Principles for Responsible Investment, with the CFA Institute and others internationally. Uh, so we'll be getting an update on that international collaboration. And this is really where industry, I think, is getting ahead of, of regulators. Mm. Of course, we've got a discussion on the sustainable finance taxonomy, those that are really heavily involved in that Um and and knowing about kind of what the Australian government support um, to that as well is is going to be really important. And yeah, other kind of policy issues. Michael Trail will be coming along. He's the former Macquarie banker, um, member of ART's investment committee, um, who's leading the government's effort on establishing their social impact investing fund. So that's going to be a really crucial thing um, as well. You know, we're at a point now, I think, where you can't just divest away from from the challenging times that we're in. You can't just divest a few companies. It's not going to help us navigate climate change and other really important uh, social and and governance issues. And so um, we're going to be looking at best practice stewardship from an international perspective. We've got uh, uh, really informed and and high-profile company directors like Patricia Cross and Guy DeBell coming in. Mark Rigotti, the CEO of AICD, um, is coming in and we're going to be talking about what corporate engagement looks like from the inside. Um, as well as hear from leading experts like Debbie Blakey, the CEO of Hester, who'll be doing a keynote on Hester's leading practice stewardship, um, international speakers like Claudia Chapman from the UK, who was instrumental in the UK's stewardship code, both developing and implementing that. 
So we're going to be talking about that model, you know, does it work? Could it work here? Look, it's so fascinating. And look, just to, to clarify for our listeners, um, sometimes we get a little bit lost on the word like taxonomy. Um, and a taxonomy just to, and which is in line with what Rhea is trying to do with this certification, with what you're talking about with best practice around um, stewardship and active ownership. A taxonomy is a way of describing outcomes of financial activity in this case. Um, so it's really exciting to see the forward momentum around coming up with classifications of definitions of what green and sustainable finance is from an outcomes perspective. Um, It's always important to keep our listeners along the journey with us. Yeah, absolutely. And some of that kind of the the talk around at the moment, you know, how are we as an industry going to demonstrate some of those outcomes will be a big focus of this conference as well. So demonstrating the Mm -hmm. outcomes of sustainable finance as the industry is scrutinised a lot more and substantiating those claims that we're making um, is with that increased focus on labels and on greenwashing and so on is going to be crucial. And so that'll be a big focus of the conference as well. Look, I know I'm spending um, a lot of time thinking about, you know, when I'm talking to practitioners, the fund managers, the investors in this space, when they talk about things like stewardship, you know, what does that mean? And what do you mean when you say you're doing more and doing better in the area of stewardship? So I'll certainly be looking forward to those conversations, Estelle, when I'm part of the audience, not necessarily leading some of those panels. Um, Estelle, who is Rhea aiming to talk to at this conference? Um, Is this just going to be a talking shot of experts who are already really proficient in responsible investing? Or is this something that, you know, is designed to have a broad reach to the wider financial services community, some of whom make up our listening audience? I'm sure. No, it's definitely a broad reach. You know, as as I said, Rachel, you can't afford not to be on top of this stuff um, at the moment. It really is becoming mainstream. Um, interestingly, you know, we're going to have a lot of sessions that uh, cover off on some of the key developments and themes and so on that responsible investors are interested in. But we're also having sessions that are targeted at those who are just starting out on their journey in responsible investment. Uh, We have a number of sessions actually that are targeted towards financial advisors and we're seeing an increasing interest from financial advisors in the work that we're doing and in the conference. You know, our consumer research, as you know, shows that Mm -hmm. 83% of Australians now expect that their super and their banking products are going to be invested in, uh, in things that are consistent with their values. And and 74% would in fact consider changing their funds if they found out it wasn't invested um, in line with their values. And and this demand is really hitting financial advisors really hard. Uh, So we're going to have sessions that help them talk to their clients about sustainable investment, ethical investment, impact investment, and so on. We're going to break down what is impact investment? How does that differ from ESG? Um, And these sort Mm -hmm. of, this is kind of a, not just for the sustainability leads, but bring your colleagues, you know, bring those people in your organisation that you think would benefit from knowing more and really exploring what responsible investment is. So there's something, something for everyone, I would say. Mm, and look, Rhea is in a, a really strong position to be that sort of education face. I, I I really can't tell you. And again, I'm not trying to exaggerate or curry favor, but I can't tell you the number of times when I've talked with the people in the industry and I've referred them to responsiblereturns.org, your, your website, um, where you can search using the RI classification system for, for sustainable products that match personal values or values of clients. Uh, there's there, there's a wealth of information that's available through, through Rhea's various work streams. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah, you, you're Right, and we're getting you know our membership is growing every week. We have so many uh, parts of the industry that are now really interested in this. It's gone from being something quite niche a few years ago to really being mainstream today. Um, and it's great that you feel like you get education from from Rhea. You know, we do provide that to our members 
year round and we have particular educative sessions at the conference as well. And this is something as well that I'm really excited about. We're running a few workshops that are going to be really practical and oriented towards sort of problem solving and really giving participants the tools um, in things like target setting. You know, how do you, target setting is a big thing now, whether that's in nature, whether that's in climate, whether it's in, you know, targeting outcomes for First Nations um, communities and so on. And so how do you choose targets that are both ambitious and and achievable um, and that Mm -hmm. also help you to avoid greenwashing? Um, So that's going to be one. So we'll be hearing from leading industry practitioners on that, um, as well as um, a really fantastic workshop, which is going to go for quite some time, but be really practical um, on how to promote ESG within your organisation. You know, this is something that we're hearing a lot from our members where they have to make the case for ESG, whether that's resources or resources for TNFD reporting or, you know, reporting on, sorry, Task Force for Financial Relation, sorry, Task Force on Financial (laughs) Relations. Task force on nature-related financial disclosures. My apologies. Um, It never rolls easily off the tongue. I don't know how many times I've had to practice it myself. The acronym rolls off my tongue. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so how do you actually make the case within your organisation? So we'll be workshopping that with industry leaders who are really experienced in this stuff. Um, So, And that's, you know, whether you you don't know quite where to get started or you just want to make sure that you're on the right track. Fantastic. Now, I wanted to hone in on one particular issue issue that caught my eye, Estelle. Um, I see that Ray is launching um, an armed conflict guide at RI Australia. Um, can you share any insights as to why this guide was created um, and what will be discussed during the launch? I mean, this is this comes sort of as we've just passed the one year anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, so I'm, uh, it's, I'm sure this is forefront on a lot of investors' minds. Yeah, you're right, Rachel. The Russia's invasion of Ukraine was really a wake-up call, I think, to investors globally. Um, and this toolkit, which RIA's Human Rights Working Group, and they're very good members there, um, have produced in uh, collaboration with the Red Cross. It's about helping investors uh, protect human rights in conflict situations. Um, because as investors, we really need to be aware of the risks related to armed conflict, but we also need to understand what are our legal obligations um, in conflict situations. And so this, you know, it is a fact that conflict results in negative impacts on human rights and businesses that are that are operating in conflict-affected areas, they'll never be neutral. They'll never be without impact. There will be an impact on, on that business. And so this kind of moral and legal obligation of businesses to operate in such a way that's respecting human rights, that com- is complying with international laws, whether that's human rights law or international humanitarian law, is becoming increasingly important. Um, so as I said, our human rights working group, this is a investor-led working group, so it's an investor toolkit that has produced, been produced by investors for investors with the input of uh, international, internationally recognised experts in the Red Cross um, is going to be really fantastic. So we'll be launching that and having a great conversation around those themes at the conference. I've already made sure my schedule is clear so I can go to that particular session, right. Estelle, um, and, and, and cover that. So um, I am truly looking forward to that one. I'll see you there. <laughs> as I've said, I'm really respectful of the RI Australia Conference because in addition to, as you were talking about, that grassroots level education and sort of rubber meets the road practical business guidance that goes on, um, Ria always selects topics that are at the cutting edge of stewardship and sustainability, like uh, the Guide to Armed, Armed Conflict. In addition to that particular body of work, what are the other topics this year that you're particularly highlighting? 
Uh, look, uh, there's so much. I, I'd probably mention, um, there's a couple that, I, that I'd mention. One of them, in terms of sort of being agenda setting, you're right, thanks for that. We do aim to kind of uh, look forward and and think about mm-hmm. what attendees really need to know um, and what they need to be prepared for. Uh, so the one that mm-hmm. I'm excited about is um, the session on new technology. So we're going to be talking, the eSafety Commissioner, Australian eSafety Commissioner will be with us talking about big tech, talking about AI, um, about data breaches, online abuse, digital rights and so on, and what are investors' responsibilities in that space. So that's going to be a great one. Uh, Nature, of course, that's always a a topic. And I think, you know, we've been talking about this for years. We've established our Nature Working Group a couple of years ago. Uh, We're working Mm -hmm. on the Task Force on Nature related financial disclosures as the I've got to go right um, as the um, convener of, of the official consultation group um, and so we'll be looking in uh, a session that's involving the um, vice president of environment from BHP um, who have been piloting mm. the framework um, looking at what the lessons have been learned uh, from the first few iterations of TNFD um, in preparation for the launch of the final TNFD recommendations which will be later this year and investors really need to be prepared for that and then finally you know we're in we're in the situation at the moment in this country where first nations issues are really at the forefront um, and so this is a theme that will be running through the conference we've got luminaries like Karen Mundine who's the CEO of Reconciliation Australia like Peter Yu and Ian Ham who are kind of doyens of, of the land rights movement and, and first nations people's rights in this country and many other significant figures and they're going to be helping us with practical advice um, understanding how to do you know best practice First Nations engagement, um, what a good reconciliation plan looks like that really, you know, delivers results. Um, And then we'll also be talking, you know, many of our speakers um, have been at the centre of things like the Uluru Statement from the Heart and the Voice to Parliament debate. And so we'll be talking about the Voice to Parliament, why this should be important to responsible investors, Um, you know, because if Mm. you believe as most responsible or responsible investors really should, that, that First Nations people should have a voice in policies that affect them then a voice to parliament really matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we saw with the Australian Sustainable Finance Roadmap that was published a couple of years ago now um, that we need as an economy, as a society, um, to build societal resilience to, to those kinds of economic shops and shocks. Um, and, and this resilience is only going to come about when you've got true economic self-determination by First Nations people. So, you know, financial institutions really have a key role in that and they need to be showing leadership now. Um, So we'll be talking about that and why this kind of basic right of First Nations people to have a say in issues that affect them should matter Mm. to responsible Mm. investors. I know Rhea is a stakeholder to the ASV roadmap as well as having a significant history in its development. And I think one of the things that really struck me in that the final report on the roadmap that ASV put out a couple of weeks ago um, was that point that first of all, that a taxonomy should adopt the language of first do no significant harm. And then the very mm. significant feedback that do, first do no significant harm has to have a significant component of participation and shaping by First Nations people. I've been really mulling that one over uh, to try and figure out you know, who, who we should be talking to at FS Sustainability so that we're providing the kind of analysis and coverage of that topic as well, because um, I agree with you on those grounds of economic self-determination and economic thriving. Mm. But, um, it, it's, a, it's an unbelievable question. 
Absolutely. And and you will get some really fantastic um, speakers at this conference, First Nation speakers who need to be at the centre of these conversations and leading these conversations and leading this work. Um, they mm. will really be able to help us understand where we need to get to um, and, and lead the way because for too long in this country, other people have been making decisions for them. And that's why we've got mm. this this really fantastic theme running through the conference that's going to highlight mm. so many of these issues and give us some practical guidance on what we as investors can do to take this nation forward. I can still remember the keynote that Kate O'Meara gave uh, to a RIA conference a couple of years ago in terms of that significant um, philosophical research historical perspective on this topic as well. So I, I assume there'll be similar moments at RI Australia this year. I do. I do hope so, Rachel. I think, you know, if on that topic, we are moving from that theoretical to the practical um, and, and what mm. we all need to actually be doing in our investment decision-making, in decision-making within our organisations and decision-making in our own lives um, to move forward with, um, with Indigenous people. Understood. Well, Estelle Parker from the Responsible Investment Association Australasia, thank you so much for joining us. And I look forward to seeing you in person at RI Australia in Melbourne, May 10th, 11th. FS Sustainability will be there as an official media partner. And thank you for joining us now. Very much looking forward to seeing you and others there, Rachel. We really can't wait. We've been working really hard to bring together a fantastic and very, very rich two days of content for our attendees. It certainly shows. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Greener Way podcast. If you liked today's show, remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Any feedback? Contact us on podcast at fssustainability.com.au. I'm Rachel Allenbackis. The Greener Way podcast is a product of FS Sustainability, a show about people, the planet, and investing in our collective future. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The Greener Way podcast gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by discussing numerous financial sustainable options and our featured guests. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of The Greener Way are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. FS Sustainability operates under an Australian Financial Service License and the exemption made available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect to any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the FS Sustainability website, fssustainability.com.au.